Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. It is Actual Pearl. It's good to see everybody here. We're going to do a little something different. And by different, I mean literally everyone else is doing it. It's a Royal Rumble preview. <laughs> However, we kicked down the forbidden door, as uh, as I heard our friend Tyler Sage say on his, on his show yesterday with Wade Keller from PW Torch. So I brought Tyler on and I said, Tyler, let's talk about the Royal Rumble but also Tyler came to me first. So uh, we're here to do part two of our Royal Rumble preview. Part one is up on the PW Torch YouTube channel where I encourage you to check it out. Subscribe. There's a link to the video in the description of this uh, this, this video. The description. Yeah, yeah. It's all. I, my words work. I'm good. And uh, we'll, we'll get right into it. Tyler, how are you doing? What's going on? I'm good. I'm coming off a, a heater, if you will. I know uh, you cover a lot of wrestling as well, but Wednesday nights are always packed for me. I do a, a live report, and then me and Wade went about two and a half hours on the uh, PW Torch Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show last night talking about a, uh emotional, at the end, dynamite, but kind of a ho-hum show before that. So so good. Good to talk. Some uh, some Federation talk here on, uh, on Fightful. Very excited to be here. Been a long time lurker if you will so uh joel i appreciate you having me on here and uh, it's good to be as you said kicked down the forbidden door hopefully i am not i forget the gentleman's name who kicked okada in the face at uh oh. wrestle kingdom night too hopefully we don't get to that sound because i think you would you would handle me just like okada handled him so oh we'll keep it uh civil <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a gentle giant i'm, I'm <laughs> only six feet tall so it's okay but we have an entire ple coming up on saturday it's the royal rumble it kicks off the season known as the road to WrestleMania. Uh, Tyler, I don't know how much time you spend, or maybe the audience doesn't know how much time you spend focusing on anything WWE related. So I got to ask you running into this road to WrestleMania season, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Is it different this year? Is it uh, the same as always? How are you feeling going into WrestleMania season? Yeah, I mean, just a quick bio on me on on that. I mean, I follow AEW pretty hardcore for the torch. And then before that, I was a, Roy, a Ring of Honor guy, um, a Sinclair version of Ring of Honor. 
and uh, big GCW, big independent wrestling, big deathmatch wrestling fan is kind of my my bio for that. So, uh, you know, WWE is everyone's first first thing that they fall in love with, and then you kind of branch out among the wrestling world. So, I am a watch big matches and then watch like read recaps, look at you know quick YouTube videos of stuff. But I'm not a five seven hours a week, depending on your absolute level of uh, love for WWE watching live a week. So that's kind of to put all that in place, but I was very, very excited. I mean, when we are post all out and all the st- kerfuffle going on in AEW, I thought WWE was quietly setting itself up for a resurgence among the hardcore fan base to, to set up and have a fun run, whether it be with Cody Rhodes coming back with Sami Zayn in the bloodline, you know, more casual fans for the rock for Stone Cold Steve Austin potentially being there. And then, you know, I was bullish, you know, a nine out of 10 on my bullish level for this road to WrestleMania. And then, you know, the news with Vince coming back, doing a hostile takeover of the board and things like that. You know, it doesn't appear like he's got a huge um, feeling for, or, you know, control of creative at this time. But I always tend to think that as long as Vince McMahon is roaming the face of the earth, that he will find his way back there uh, sooner rather than later. So a little more subdued because of that, but still, I think a price 7.58 out of 10 on my level of hype for this, this, uh, you know, pay-per-view and then the road all the way to WrestleMania. It's fine by me. I mean, everything that you say makes perfect sense. I think a lot of people are a little on edge when it comes to the Vince McMahon story, what's been going on, what hasn't been going on, the talk of what could be going on. Uh, yeah, it makes, it makes sense to me to be, uh, at least a little, a little concerned with how the booking and the road to WrestleMania might go on, but with an, uh, with an event on Saturday that for all intents and purposes seems to be going off as planned. We're going to find out soon enough. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the show, at least what's left of it. You and I, we discussed the Women's Royal Rumble over on the PW Torch YouTube channel. Again, go check that out. The link is in the description. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's pop right into it. Where, where should we start? Let's, let's start with the Raw Women's Championship match, Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. That... This is this is an interesting build, Tyler. We've been mm-hmm. kind of on the fence watching Bianca come out and do literally everything while Alexa Bliss has kind of been lured into this title match. How do you feel about the build, and do you have anything that you're specifically looking forward to when it comes to this matchup on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I'm t- <laughs> trying to... I have not liked the build in, uh, you know, the way the story's been laid out, and that's because... Um, you know, I don't like the way both characters are portrayed, right? I don't think Bianca's character's in a good spot. I think there's lots of low-hanging fruit to change her character to advance her character, right? I mean, I feel like she's been essentially the same character since, you know, that, what, SummerSlam match, losing to Becky Lynch, basically, even before that. I mean, um, so I think there's an evolution there that, for some reason, the trigger's not been pulled, where she's more like the the, the real human being. I mean, if you see any video of her not... Uh, Within WWE, she seems like the nicest person walking the face of the earth and is a true baby face walking around and just a little bit more human um, character from her, I think, would be would be positive. And um, the Alexa Bliss stuff, you know, it's it's kind of like Vince coming back. Right. Is, you know, when she first appeared, you know, she was the SmackDown Women's Champion. She beat Becky Lynch for that. You know, what are we talking seven years ago, eight years ago when she came from NXT and kind of took the world by storm. I was a big fan of her and she's also from Columbus as I am. So we, she's, she's the only wrestler that we have. Everyone's from Cleveland, Ohio, but no one's from uh, Columbus, Ohio. So, um, 
so you know i've always got a soft spot in my heart for her but you know the, the stuff during the pandemic with the doll and her was not successful i would say to put it nicely and to revert back to that um i don't love but you know i'm open to see what happens here but you know i think alexa also bianca's great in the ring her character needs work and i think alexa used to be pretty good in the ring and, and I, I don't know what has happened recently it's just um you know not that she needs to be a five-star wrestler but just even a little bit better work rate in the ring on top of a character that um i'm not in love with is, is a bad combo so I'm, I'm hoping to be wrong here but it feels like just something to do until we get um you know what's going to go on with bianca going into wrestlemania and that's kind of how it feels and um that i don't love a ton and i think that's kind of indicative of the whole women's title scene for for both brands at this point yeah it kind of feels like um alexa took some time off uh around her wedding and just after they started going back on the road and kind of said hey don't bring me back until you have something for me and mm -hmm. they brought her back with not much for her uh mm -hmm. they made her go through therapy and that didn't really do much uh it got rid of lily but then it brought back lily and now the doll is still somewhat prevalent but not as prevalent as it was, say, back at SummerSlam 2021, anecdotally, I can tell you there was a giant bin full of Lily dolls in the WWE shop at uh, the hotel that they were stationed in for their, their big shop. By day two, those dolls were all sold out. Well, there you go. Huge market. That, Don't get me That and Fiend belts, too, right? I'm sure those were all sold out if those were available. Those $1,000 belts. Those, those $6,500 <laughs> Canadian belts were not at all getting it. But, I mean, a $25 Lily doll. And, you know, my, my joke for the longest time was, you know, when Vince was running the show was they were going to give the, the women's tag titles to Alexa Bliss and Lily. And they were going to fashion a mini women's tag title belt just for her so that you can buy the accessory to put it on your Lily doll. But mm. not the case. That's not what we're doing. But the Lily doll is still kind of there, kind of not. She's just not... I agree with you. She is not the performer she used to be. Something is something's missing, and I'm not going to speak for her and tell you what it is. But I think uh, I think you're on the right track. There's there's just something missing with this matchup. There's something missing with expectations here. Um, I fully expect Bianca Belair to uh, to win the match, but also what are the odds that maybe something gets you know in the way or someone gets in the way and costs Bianca the match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's everything's kind of on the table here. I mean, we're going to fantasy book we did yesterday on the Torch um, YouTube channel about the women's rumble. We're going to fantasy book about the men's rumble, probably the Roman and, you know, everything we're going to fantasy book. And this is the one that match that feels like, you know, oh, I kind of know how this is going to go. This feels like pretty, you know, safe to lock in Bianca getting, getting the win here and going on to WrestleMania. And I think WWE has proven many, many times over that there's usually – some trick up their sleeve on a big show, especially, you know, if you look at the small history of the, of the Paul Levesque era, there's, you know, what, five matches on this card, including the two rumble matches. Yeah. It's a uh, classic rumble match. Yeah. It's so, yeah, yeah. So there's something there that can happen to surprise everybody and have it be more noteworthy than I think it is. And I think where you're going there um, would, would dictate that. Is that good for the story? Probably not, but you know, I think I'm open to something interesting happening here. And if, some one of these titles needs to doesn't need to, but probably will transition. You know, we'll we'll, we'll leave someone here on this pay per view and then get you know picked up next at, at 
you know, Elimination Chamber or something like that to tell a story intermediate. And this feels like a title that could could fit that bill. So, yeah, you, you mentioned that there are five matches on this card. And uh, from what I had heard, this is going to be a three and a half hour pay-per-view. That's yeah. uh, that's kind of what I've been led to believe. So an hour and a bit for the men's Rumble match and maybe a little under an hour for the women's Rumble match. Bianca and Bliss are probably going to be the shortest match on the card, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got two more matches that I think are going to take up the bulk of the time, at least in singles competition. Uh, I think the first one we got to talk about mm-hmm. is the WWE Undisputed Championship match. Yes! Let's get to the real juice. It's Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's Kevin Owens. For the third time at Royal Rumble, these two are going to fight yeah. for a WWE championship of some sorts. Uh, listen, I don't think the outcome is in doubt, but walk me through your thought process as to how it plays out and maybe what kind of uh, what kind of storyline beats in the bloodline we might see out of this Roman and KO match. Yeah, I mean, this is there's so many options. I, I you know, I will uh, project what I think is going to happen, but I'm I'm a little dubious compared to what we last talked about because there's so many options. What you're going to do and I think this to me feels a lot like when you watch an AEW pay-per-view and there's almost always, I mean, the main events almost is, is a lock almost always in AEW, which is, I think is a big problem with the, the way they book. But um, there's always a canary in the coal mine match somewhere in the middle, whether it's who's going to win a random tournament to be the number one contender, which tells you, Hey, their face heel affiliation is going to lead to who's going to be the world title uh, holder at the end of the show, et cetera. And this is, you know, just like that, right? What happens with KO, and Roman and Sammy and the bloodline, et cetera, um, is going to really put live, you know, if there were live betting odds for who's going to win the rumble, I think you would have a lot of information after this match on, you know, if Sammy does end up helping KO and, and it's in a losing effort, then is Sammy even more likely to win the rumble face Roman? Um, you know, I think a lot of, well, I guess I'm, I'm curious, you know, Joel, what you would think, like what the prevailing, like hardcore fan, the fan that watches week in and week out is, is, Sorry to derail with this question. You can put push it off to the side if you want. But like, you know, Sammy winning the Rumble facing Roman at WrestleMania, is that the, the number one choice by the hardcore audience at this point in your I mind? W- I wouldn't say that it's the hardcore sentiment. I think there are a lot of people who would like to see Sammy versus Roman at WrestleMania or maybe have Sammy win the Rumble. Uh, my general feeling, and I guess this is against what most maybe think, is that there is no bigger moment for Sammy Zayn right now than in Montreal, at the Elimination Chamber, in his hometown, once he's out of the bloodline and he's on his own, he comes out for the first time, let's say, since whatever happens and he gets this title match against Roman, he comes out. His old theme, he comes out with his head you know, and his beard back, back to normal, and that pop will just make up for literally any, any feeling that anyone had that Sammy should have been the winner of the Rumble and at WrestleMania in the main event. That's my opinion. I think that mm-hmm. pop alone will be big enough to forgive whatever fantasy booking people had made in the, the <laughs> Roman Sammy storyline. So yeah, and that would be indicative of you know uh, Drew McIntyre in in uh, in Wales as well, right? Getting that huge hometown pop and losing, and you know I think there was some pushback at the time, at least from a segment of the audience that that's that was Drew's time. I think you'll get that same commentary um, for Sammy, but it just makes that change over. Um, at WrestleMania, even more popular now. Will people want, you know, I'm spoiling the rest of the show here, but whoever takes it off of Roman at that spot, if that does happen, is that is that worth it to, to do that Sammy thing? I, I, that is a great moment. It's a great road to WrestleMania. Um, and you can always like have Sammy come back and he'll feel like a bigger star, which is really what you want. And that 
that arc there has that happen. So if that is the case, you know, I think Sammy helping KO makes the most sense, but you know, is it, is it as cut and dry or is it, you know, in my mind, I'm seeing some version of, you know, Sammy is, you know, let's say it's not exactly rock and mankind where mankind, mankind is tied to the ring post and he takes seven chair shots to the head, but some version of that where everyone is like ganging up on KO and then Sammy, you know, he's already beaten. And then Sammy's like, they're like, all right, Sammy, you finished the job. Like kind of like a mobster movie where you're the one that's got to kill your best friend or whatever. Right. That's, that's the vibe I'm getting. And then Sammy just at the last minute can't, can't bring himself to do it. It feels like the logical time to do it here. And then it sets up all the questions of the bloodline also in the rumble, if they're all there and, and is, is pretty juicy. If that, this is the, you know, the opening match, as I think you talked about yesterday, Joel, that that might be on the table or somebody else. I talk a lot of wrestling, so I, I kind of blend everything. But if you do this first and then the men's rumble last, you let that marinate over the show. And it's like that attitude era style pay-per-view where you have the stone cold story that permeates through the entire show. And it makes it feel like that is obviously the most important thing. It feels like a long episode of television in a good way. So um, I certainly think that's where I'm leaning, but you know, the bloodline in general, like we saw from, Friday to this Monday feels like it skipped multiple episodes of TV content, if you will, right. From, you know, Paul Heyman going from zero to a hundred on basically throwing Sammy under the bus during the trial versus what we saw on Friday on SmackDown. And so there's some things where like they've really slow played this and then really advanced it quickly. And it feels like we're in the really advanced it quickly phase, but you know, until we see it, I, I just don't know for sure, but that's, I'm definitely leaning you pull the trigger here and Sammy's out of the bloodline and I love your, your booking. So that inevitably means that unfortunately we're wrong and something less exciting will happen. So, so, so three points to make. First one, I've yeah. heard the criticism about uh, what happened this past Monday with kind of jumping the gun. To me, it didn't feel so much like they were jumping the gun so much as it felt like if you were paying attention to the way that Paul Heyman spoke to both men individually, not collectively, you kind of saw, I mean, Heyman's, allegiance has never been to Sammy and it's never really fully been to Roman Reigns. It's been to the title holder and it continues to be that way. So to me, it just felt like he was showing allegiance to the guy with the title. He wasn't showing allegiance to, to anybody, but the fact that if he, if he goes away or if he, if he doesn't support the head of the table, if he doesn't support the guy with the titles, then all is lost for, for Paul. He, that's the way it came off to me because he continues to have these kind of like two faced conversations with both men. So mm-hmm. while I understand that it felt maybe as if they kind of just really ramped it up. Uh, I think that's also kind of Paul's forte when it comes to these type of segments. Uh, he went a little over the top, but he made it work. So, um, so that's number one. Um, my number two criticism or not criticism. My number two point that I was just thinking of, if this match opens with Roman and KO, and like you said, Roman says to Sammy, he brings him out and says, you got to take out KO. You got to finish the job. What if Sammy does it? And that's number, that's just part one of the final task. I said this before on other shows that the Island of Relevancy is basically powered by gaslighting. And what you do after Sammy takes out KO, cements himself and says, I did everything you want to do. Are we good now? Roman says, Almost. You can't enter the Rumble match tonight. Mm. And Sammy has to Sammy has to take it. 
he's he's trying to show his allegiance. He's trying to show that he is a member of the bloodline and he's that guy. And that's going to be the start of what really pushes him over the edge. Uh, and then they do kind of a will they, won't they with Sammy and KO. Eventually KO does come to Sammy's aid or whoever. They do make up and that's how we maybe move to the tag title run that uh, has been discussed at least for WrestleMania with the Usos and Sammy and KO. What do you think about that? Is that, uh, is that something that could be possible and on the table? Yeah, I mean... Um... Yeah, it, it would certainly be, I think, for the live audience would be a disappointment not to see Sammy in the Rumble, right? So that would be, you know, the only reservation I would have for, for the live fans there. But yeah, I mean, it's more nuanced than the take that I had there of, you know, hey, he just doesn't, he can't do it and can't hurt his friend and it, it happens there. And that's more the traditional wrestling way to do it. But the bloodline has been a, just a little bit more nuanced as a, as a group and as a story. And your Heyman point is so right that he would be, so two-faced and cover his own butt, I guess if you would say, uh, CYA version of, of the Paul Heyman character um, would, would do that. So, yeah, I think that it works. I wonder, you know, if he's out of the Rumble and then when is Elimination Chamber? So like It's February. Late? I think it's late February. Yeah, it's like the week be- weekend before the AEW show, I would assume. I think so. Oh no, it's two weeks. It's yeah. uh, the the eighteenth of February, Saturday. Yeah, so that's that's like a heavy lift, I would think. You know, I guess you could do it, but it's been so slow play. That'd be my only reservation. Is um, you know because I like Sammy in that spot at that show facing Roman. So you know, you got four episodes of of TV to tell that story and have him do that. But um, that would be my only concern on maybe the build not being as appropriate with him. You know, what What would be the impetus in your mind if he doesn't come in the Rumble? Obviously, he's upset about it. But would then Roman in the bloodline would have to do one more thing, I think, to push him over the edge. And then you have to have him earn that title shot. So I think it's a little tight in a package. If it was, you know, March 10th, I would feel better about being able to tell that story effectively is my only reservation. But I love it on paper. And when you go back and view it, you know, five years from now, I think it'll work super effectively. It's just that in the moment kind of um, the logistics of it are not absolutely perfect. Yeah. And I think you, have, you make a good point. We got, yeah. Uh, Caden in the chat saying that we've got basically three weeks between rumble and elimination chamber. So uh, again, th- yes. there's six time. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. You got six episodes and, and the bloodline are typically on both raw and SmackDown, depending on what's going on that week in their story. So there is room to do it, but that doesn't necessarily mean they will. Uh, mostly it's uh, I think this Universal Championship match, Undisputed Universal Championship match, is one that has so many avenues to go except for the winner. (laughs) It's like everybody does, like nobody cares that KO is going to lose. Everybody cares about the fact that there's going to be some sort of storyline advancement that Mm -hmm. not only, you know, takes effect at the Royal Rumble match, but also takes effect uh, as to the WrestleMania match itself and, and Elimination Chamber. So, there's more storytelling in this match than there is anything else, uh, which you know, it, it gets gets me excited. Uh, it also gets me excited, by the way, when y'all leave a thumbs up here on this video, and maybe if you click subscribe, and if you want to donate a super chat, we can take that too. Any questions? <laughs> get your, we get it on the air if you donate a super chat. I'm still shouting out people in the chat. I see Caden being like, "What's Joe Gacy doing here?" See, when Tyler does his show, people are just like, "You sound like John Alba." When I do, it, just like, "What the fuck is Joe Gacy doing here?" I'm, like, I'm right here. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I would say one point on the uh, your comment there for 
um, you know, everyone knows he's going to win this match and that it's totally fine. No one is complaining about that whatsoever is the big difference between obviously everyone watching this is a big wrestling fan, but that's the difference between like what people that like wrestling think about wrestling and what people that don't like wrestling think people like about wrestling. Right. You know, we're here for the melodrama, the soap opera, all that stuff and good physical, good athletic competition as well. But this is, um, I think why it's so important to have AEW and WWE be doing well at a high level because AEW is lacking on this sort of story, but exceeding on, you know, a random Brian Danielson, Brian Cage match being awesome. And WWE is really um, doing it here. So um, yeah, I, I'm very excited for this. And um, I'm in, so our past three rumbles, right. It was two years ago was the, the, the kerfuffle with the the handcuffs, right. That was their first meeting at Royal rumble between Roman and KO or is that last year? I'm trying that to get my dates right. Last year. Last year, okay, because that was twenty one. It was still Thunderdome, so it was twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty one. Okay, and, and then twenty two. They fought was... again in twenty eighteen or sixteen. Okay, Universal Championship. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean the the handcuff thing is is burned in my mind. I think maybe not for the best, but um, uh, very iconic moment I would say there between those two. So yeah, no. a legacy. Uh, the 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 rubber match will will be decided here. So. Yeah. And now I now gotta look this up because it's gonna bug me if I don't. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, maybe it was. It wasn't 2019 because I was there. So, either way, I'm sure someone's gonna. Yeah, I think it was a match. Yeah, I think it was 2017. So yeah. um, they did 2017. They did 2021, and then yeah, this is gonna bug me if I don't find out. Yeah, KO reigns it in 2017. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is the rubber match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Caden in the chat's asking, you know, how would you feel if Kevin Owens won. What if KO pulls off the impossible what, or the improbable? How would you feel if Kevin Owens won this match? Yeah, it certainly would be interesting. And I would, you know, be thrown for a loop would be the biggest story coming out. It would probably overshadow both rumbles, depending what happens. It would, it would open up the possibility for a Roman to win the rumble. Right. And then I think that we're in a bad spot where, where we've been so many times in the past. Right. Just so last year. Yeah. So, um, I think it's interesting in the moment and I would be intrigued to see what happens, but it feels like a you know, transitional thing as part of the story where it had to be Sammy helps him win somehow. And then what is the story there? Is it Roman and Sammy not for the title at elimination chamber, which you could do a little bit more quickly with almost no build and it would make total sense. Um, is that as exciting as Sammy coming out challenging for the, the title against Roman who, you know, has been champion for what 900 days, whatever it is now. So I think, the latter of that story is more powerful, um, but both will be big matches. But yeah, I think it just all just makes sense. And not that everything has to go everything the way we want to. Like I think Roman winning at WrestleMania, depending whose opponent is, is still very much on the table. And I think a lot of fans are reserved to the fact that whoever wins the Rumble is going to be dethroning him. And, uh, you know, I watched a lot of New Japan and Wrestle Kingdom where you think you have coronation moments and then it's, it's not the way you think it's going to go. And I feel like that's, that level at the top is the way WWE is operating um, uh, from a long-term standpoint. Um, it's like 2016, 2017, New Japan style. Yeah, that's a good point. I really, I, I like that. Let's uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about the Royal Rumble match itself. We're saving the best for last. We okay. So I didn't. I, I tried to find some for the for the chat here, but I couldn't find any. So that's a tease for everybody. Oh, this that's is the product. Yeah, we're gonna get. <laughs> we're gonna get. This. 
So 16 out of 30 men have been announced for the Men's Royal Rumble. Once again, a reminder, if you want to find uh, our preview of the Women's Royal Rumble and predictions, you can go and check out the link in the description of the video. Tyler and I were on the PW Torch YouTube channel yesterday doing a little bit of rundown on the Women's uh, Royal Rumble match. So we're not ignoring it. We just profiled it over on the PW Torch channel. Go check that out. Let's talk about the Men's Royal Rumble match. 16 out of 30 entrants have now been announced because earlier today... Dominic Mysterio threw his name in the field, mm. which, shocker, I know. I, I, I know no <laughs> one saw it coming, but yes, Dominic Mysterio's in there, along with, I'll just name them, Karrion Cross, Braun Strowman, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Omos, Cody Rhodes, Gunther, Rey Mysterio, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Austin Theory, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Kofi Kingston. Uh, interestingly enough, Kofi's in... But no Xavier Woods officially announced because those two are the NXT Tag Team Champions. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, uh, I think that was just a matter of like changing things up at the last minute. When Kofi announced, they were just like, oh, oh by the way, you're going to NXT. Either way, uh, you got 16 out of 30. We're halfway there. One has to assume Brock Lesnar is going to also join the field after this past Monday uh, since Bobby Lashley is in the Royal Rumble. I think a lot of people uh, are under the impression that there is only one person who can win this match. That's Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, Tyler Sage, who's winning the Royal Rumble this year, 2023? Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb big time. And uh, you've convinced me otherwise because I was on the Sammy train. You know, I know he's like the number two pick, but I think your booking makes so much sense. There's always deadly, right? Whenever there's good um, booking uh, out in the wrestling media space, it's almost always too good to be true. So I'm going to make sure I say that with grain of salt. But I'll go with Cody. Um, it makes sense. Um, he's the heavy favorite in the betting markets. So that's usually a, a solid um, signal, but not, not a total signal. But it's really him and Sammy. And then, you know, you'll know live, more live like Sammy's odds based on what happens in that match. And that's why it's hard to predict now. And I think there's so many ways they can go with that. That And, and just like the amount of, mem- of members of the bloodline in that match, um, it feels like um, – yeah, it's it's and then you know a Sokoa would be probably a third dark horse pick, but yeah, I think Cody makes sense. I I'm curious to see how this goes. I mean, the discourse around Cody basically engulfed my life all of 2021, um, talking about him and the Cody verse and all that sort of stuff within AEW. And you know, I think he had a positive reaction when he came. Obviously, the torn pec match um, is going to be probably an all timer just from the visuals of it and, and how good of a match that was, but. I'm curious he wins, gets a positive reaction, then you've got to tell that story for, you know, two months. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not as bullish on it as I maybe would have been a while back and him just plopping him in and being like, this is the chosen one. And I think there's a lot of assumptions going on there when that is the case. So, um, you know, never, you know, I, I don't want know what Randy Orton's status is, but never, for, never uh, underestimate a returning Randy Orton to win a random Royal Rumble. Um, too, but I, uh, and then, you know, I'm sure I have at least one surprise, uh, debut, but we can get into that a little later. How about you? Oh, I'm excited for that conversation. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check 
out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Cody is my pick. I assume it's most people's picks. Uh, I've gone so far as to say he'll enter at number 11 and win the match Hmm. because there is some significance there on multiple levels. And if there's one thing Cody likes to do, it's uh, hit you with lore. Uh, for those who don't know, number 11, first of all, no one's ever won the Royal Rumble from the number 11 mm-hmm. spot. So first mm-hmm. time ever is one of the favorites of WWE. Uh, and the other thing is the number 11 actually means a lot to Cody because Dream was born on the 11th and he died on the 11th. Mm. So there is an opportunity there for him to do this whole, I'm doing it for my dad. I came in on his on his luckiest and unluckiest number and I won the match. So now it's a lucky number, number 11. That's why I picked the number 11, by the way. I don't think many people who have heard me posit this before uh, kind of knew the, the, the stretching as to why. That being said, I heard a really interesting take from, of all people, Sam Roberts at the beginning of the year. And Sam Roberts had said, Cody shouldn't win the Royal Rumble. Cody, or if Cody does win the Royal Rumble, he shouldn't win the Universal Championship from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Instead, they should have this go all the way to SummerSlam because Cody was injured. He has to reintroduce himself to the audience. Got to get him heated up again, yada, yada, yada. And at the time, I was in agreement with him. And then they started airing these video packages. And while they're a little bit overstated, maybe they're a little bit you know heavy-handed, uh, they still get the point across to most viewers, not us who watch everything under the sun. But if you're just watching random stuff every week, yeah, I think you're going to watch the Cody stuff and get enthralled mm-hmm. in his story and get enamored with, with him as a performer. So Cody is my pick. Uh, the only other person on this list right now that really stands out to me is Drew McIntyre. And other than that, yeah, there's nothing here. Like Gunter is there, but we're looking at a potential baby face. Roman mm-hmm. Reigns very much not a baby face. Uh, we've done Drew before, but we haven't done Cody yet. So yeah, there it is. That's That's where I'm at. Very interesting. And you know, I don't know how much you want to get into the betting markets. I've got all the stats pulled up on the likelihood of winning. If you, can go ahead, you can go ahead and bring it up. <laughs> while you're doing that, I can also plug that uh, earlier today, we did drop a betting odds video here on Fightful Overbook. Jarrett Bailey and uh, Jeremy Lambert did do a betting odds video. So if you want to mm-hmm. if you want to talk more odds, go for it. If people want to get yeah. a full hour rundown of the betting odds, including all like the prop bets and stuff, uh, they can yeah. go over to that video after this show. Yeah, I would just do the top five. And this is like, uh, you know, we don't, I, I like percentages on chance to win on, on betting, especially when you have multiple things like this. This is like betting on a golf tournament, which is very hard to do. Um, but you got Cody, Sammy, The Rock, Seth Rollins, and then Roman Reigns are your top five most likely to win. 
So that is pretty funny that we, I think we both think, and I'm curious if you think differently, Joel, that two of those five aren't even going to be in this match, um, which tells you kind of how the, the betting system uh, gets people to pick kind of the third or fourth most likely person and juice the odds to get money out of it. It's just a whole betting thing, but that would put Cody at 60% chance to win Sammy at 35, the rock at 33, Seth at eight and Roman at 6%. And then everything else is, you know, 5% and below some interesting ones on their riddle. Like, I don't think that's a good spot for him to come back at this time. And uh, all that stuff. He's, he's kind of up there in the top 10, both our picks our our dark horse picks are below that. So um, it's interesting. And, and, of all the things to not bet on, I would say the Royal Rumble is a good one not to bet on because things change. And I think Paul Levesque is a little more stable than than Vince is in his creative decisions. But especially under Vince, like there's I mean, the, the last Randy Orton win certainly was like a decision made last second, uh, if I recall correctly. Because um, what was that like the 2019 Rumble? Maybe something different. But um, yeah, very, very interesting. And I, I will be checking out that betting video. Um, after we're off here because I love betting in, in something that is predetermined. I think it's so interesting that you can even bet on this stuff. It's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's wild to me, but um, I think, I think the markets are way off and again, I'll stop talking, but do you think the rock and do you think Roman have any chance even to be in this match? Cause I certainly don't. If they put Roman in the match, then clearly somebody missed the inside the Royal rumble feature that Sean did about last year's Royal rumble where it was not good. So I don't think a former champion should automatically enter the rumble just because they were wronged. I don't think that I don't think the story is warranted this year. I, I understand like, Oh, Roman's pissed. He wants his title back. Well, everyone who loses their title is pissed and wants their title back. That's I get that. But it, it, what do you do? You go in and then he has to win. It looks stupid. If he doesn't at that Mm -hmm. point, he loses Mm -hmm. twice in the same night. Guess what? Everything you've been building for the last two plus years out the window. It doesn't work. Uh, the rock coming back is still an interesting idea. I don't know how I feel. I think that we need a little bit more of ignoring the rock to know that the rock's not coming back for mania. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and while that news came out this past week about rock saying, you know, I'm not ready yet for a match. And a lot of people kind of pushed back and said, what do you mean? You're not ready. You're, you're a jacked up superhuman. Like, what is, what does that mean? I get it. Like a, a wrestling match is very different from a bodybuilder. Uh, that being said, we don't know if he's been working out in the ring that WWE sent to him once upon a time. We don't know where he's at with that. It's entirely possible. He's telling the truth and he's setting expectations and that's it. If he doesn't show up at the Rumble, I am a little more inclined to say he's not showing up at WrestleMania in any performance capacity. Um, other than that, I mean, Rollins is a good pick. Uh, Zayn, we've already talked about whether or not that's a useful you know, endeavor because my feeling is he will be told to stay out of the Rumble match um, mm-hmm. unless he decides to do something like, I'm winning it because I'm winning it for the bloodline. And if I win, then there will be no WrestleMania match. It will just be Roman acknowledging himself for an hour at WrestleMania, whatever that is. Uh, But I think that's also a silly idea because it makes Sammy look stupid. He's a wrestler wants to win. That all said, Cody is still the number one guy to do this because he's the only super duper baby face trying to take the crown of a super duper heel. Like there's no, like you've got the hundred percent and the hundred percent. And those two therefore balance each other out to the point where they have to fight. Drew McIntyre is not there yet because he's currently, first of all, had the match at Clash of the Castle, which, you know, Solo got involved, yada, yada. We know how that finished. 
but now he's going for the tag championships unless that tag team title match that inevitably becomes the Usos versus the banger bros, as they're called, uh, unless Roman gets involved with that match and it happens, I don't know, tomorrow night for some reason, because yeah. it can't and they still have to finish the tag title run. Um, it doesn't make sense for Drew to win either is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Cody's the only sense, the only sensical choice. If the rock doesn't show up and surprise the hell out of everyone or Austin, there's also the stone cold. Yeah. Austin he's he's right there in like the, the top 10. If I, if I said him, I think he's sixth. <sighs> yeah. He's uh he's right. He's seventh behind Bobby Lashley on the odds. So uh, stone cold that is. So. How do you feel about Stone Cold Steve Austin possibly coming back for a title match for a row, a row rumble first and then potentially a title match after that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the empty calories of being a wrestling fan, of a WWE fan. Like, it's awesome in the moment. It is, uh, you know, it's like having a huge thousand, like a delicious thousand calorie donut that is like the greatest moment of your life while you're consuming it. You finish it, you sit down, you feel like absolute crap. And then you're like, okay, well, great. Now I've definitely put on like a pound. Depending how old you are in your life, right? If your metabolism has slowed down, like mine has, um, you have to be conscious of that stuff. So um, it, 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 you know, I think it's kind of that. And, and I think all of us are guilty of this and whatever we decide to promote, right? We all like wrestling. So I think there's always that sort of idea that we that wrestling can get those lapsed fans by having stone cold do something like this and then more people will watch wrestling that'll make wrestling better because it's more in the culture like it was in the 90s etc but you know we've all had this conversation many a times and i just don't think it works in that way you know you might get some interest in it for a three-month period and then people will drop off they'll watch wrestlemania but it's not going to be you know the the number one trending thing on twitter for three months or whatever it's going to be right so i think in the end, it, there's so many better stories that can be told with the current roster of people. And you should make a star in Sami Zayn. You should make a star in Cody Rhodes. Someone, you know, you got to make people now that you can fantasy book in 20 years. Like, oh, what if a 55-year-old Cody comes back and it's a big moment, right? Like, that's what we've done with The Rock, with Steve Austin, things like that. And that's more where I am. But, you know, if the glass breaks and he comes out there and throws somebody out and that sets up a WrestleMania brawl situation, that's awesome. That's the perfect situation for him coming out, winning, getting his fourth rumble win and then facing Roman. And then like, I mean, he's not going to win if he does like, what, what is he doing with the belt? Like same thing with Roman, right? That's like, if it's like Roman loses the belt on a Saturday and then fight, fights one of them and fights one of them in the main event on Sunday, that makes total sense. But like for the belt, like keep that at least somewhat pristine as much as you can in wrestling. Right. That's kind of where I lay on that whole situation. There has been talk about splitting the titles. Um, I have made certain booking analogies about how to get there. Uh, one included mm-hmm. having the beatdown of Kevin Owens be so bad and so intense that Adam Pierce has no choice but to come out and strip from the reins of one of the titles. And then after he strips it, it says, you know what? The five, the final five from the Royal Rumble who didn't win, so the winner still gets Roman at the at WrestleMania. But the mm-hmm. final five, they are going to compete in the Elimination Chamber for the vacated blank championship. Let's say the W. Uh, let's say let's say it's the Universal Championship because Cody wants the WWE title. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you feel about that? Is that a cop out? Is that something you could see them doing? Roman just takes it too far, and then authority has to step in. What what are your thoughts on that idea? Yeah, I mean, I like it. The pitch to me, I'd be like, okay, I'm down. I, I would have a couple questions as I'm about to ask you too. Like, it's like, like the bloodline will just 
take that line down. I, I don't know if that those characters would do that, right? Feels like Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns would be the equivalent of like a mobster who's on trial and then he gets off scot-free. Like there would be some technicality why he gets the belt back, I think is the story they would tend to tell. Um, so, but I love the idea of it mattering, right? And I, if they do that, I think what you have to do is you have to have it be stripped right after the match and you have to make those stakes. That's, you have to make that very clear going into the Rumble match so that people are like absolutely doing everything they can to finish top six, because then at least you are, you know, not do it re- retroactively on Monday um, on raw and say like, okay, Hey, all these people made it. You want, I want like that throw out of the, the, you know, seventh place person and the sixth place person to be just as important as getting thrown out of the rumble. And that would make the last five people coming in really important. And I like that as being a potential and have that be kind of a cast over the entire rumble. I think if you did that, you certainly would have to do that, but yeah, I mean, it's also Roman not having to lose, which I like, and I think he would like as well. And it frees up longer stories, and it also makes Roman um, potentially winning at WrestleMania more on the table. And I like, I would like that that Roman match that headlines WrestleMania to be. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, and that's why it's going to be awesome. Because if if you know he's going to lose, and there's all the tricks are pulled, and the the babyface overcomes it, it's going to be cool, but not as impactful as if you really don't know as a fan. Like there, it could be like Vince and Laurinaitis is coming out against CM Punk, you know, to help help Cena, you know, win at the 2011 Money in the Bank, and then he's like, "Oh my God, they're going to do it again." You know, when you watch it in hindsight, it's obvious what they're doing. But when you're a fan and you're really into it, like I was at the time, like I was like, "Oh my God, this is crazy." So you could have that sort of feel, and that could be a all time match based on you really don't know what's going to happen going into it. So yeah, I think overall it's it's a it's a pretty impactful story. It makes the Elimination Chamber match super important. I am also aware, yes, that I technically just stole the New Japan Rambo Kings of Pro Wrestling Cup uh, stipulation. Okay, well, they- you only thirteen people knew that, so That's myself true. not not included. So I think you're you're pretty good. You're going pretty deep in the uh, in the booking pattern of, of New Japan. So. Toriyano is going to win the WWE Championship. That's how it's well, that be. that I can get behind. Let's so uh, hey, you sold on that by beating Mox alone, he gets himself into that 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 WWE championship run. So yeah. speaking of uh, potential surprises in the rumble uh, before we move on to the final match that we need to talk about, who were your surprise entrants this year? We have what 14 open slots. It's called 13 because we're going to add, we're going to add uh, Brock Lesnar. I'm sure of it. So who, who yeah. do you want to see enter this thing? Who do you think shows up? Well, you brought up BT sports yesterday as sort of like a proxy for, for WWE. I'm sure you've seen their posts. They had like five crazy posts about, uh, WWE Royal Rumble, and they had Jay White, I think, as their fifth post coming in. I certainly do, do not think that's going to happen Yes, um, for many reasons. He's booked for the February 18th show. Yes. Let me set up the expectation, by the way, that yeah. uh, we do know that BT Sports WWE channel is not affiliated with WWE. They are not being fed information yeah. to post on their socials. So just with that in mind, I don't want anyone here thinking this is like, oh my God, BT Sport has the inside track. No, no, no. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, yes, that, that, is good to, that is good to say thank you. But um, so I certainly do not think he's there. So if you have, if you have expectations of that, I would not um, have those just as like a good, uh, uh, good just for your well-being, right? And um, yeah, beyond that, I think, you know, you're going to get a couple maybe one or two fun entrants, you know, not boogeyman, but someone of that level, right? Is there someone from 
the, you know, like what do we have Carlito last year? I was like a fun, like random one, um, whatever. But I think the one, you know, there's not a ton of free agents. I think that's the important, that's why I start with the Jay White thing is there's not um, the time stuff. You could get a, a potential someone from Noah, maybe as a, uh, you know, for um, Shinsuke going over there, you might get a, you know, I don't know if anyone is moving the needle at all in that capacity, but my real one that I think is going to happen. And I'm a big fan of him, especially on his indie run post WWE, but is, uh, is Matt Cardona slash Zack Ryder. I don't know what he, what he'll come back as. I hope he comes back as Matt Cardona. That would tell me that there's actually plans to do something interesting with him. But, um, you know, outside of, um, you know, the Goldbergs and, and all that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, Caden has a good one in the chat here as well. Um, which I don't know if that was one of yours as well, but Nick Aldis makes a ton of sense also, but I think Cardona, um, has had such a, at least in my mind, such a perfect run of like guy who was thrown away by WWE and made a name for himself as the deathmatch King, having one deathmatch, which is hilarious. Um, and getting the most heat I've ever seen in a, in a wrestling ring, you know, since the year 2000, probably, um, I think there's a lot of potential there with him. And I would just hope that the fans would react positively to him, but he's my like one surprise where you're like, Oh my God, I forgot about the guy. I used to love that guy, you know, that sort of thing. And there might be a run with him, but, um, you know, no one, no surprises that I think could win the match, but him, Aldis, I think would be interesting. And obviously you're going to have, I think at least two people from NXT. It seems to be the trend. Um, who that is, I don't know, but sometimes it's usually like a, you know, the third most important person in the company uh, in, in NXT. And then like some like brand new person that you might not ever see again. And they have very interesting track record there. So I'm curious what your thoughts are, Joel, on, on surprise entrance. So you're talking about uh, NXT talent. Yeah. Do you know who trained or who, who worked out with Cody Rhodes before his uh, inevitable return at the Rumble? Do you know who the two names were? I don't. One of them is Joe Gacy, and I think Joe Gacy's okay. going to be rewarded with a Rumble spot. Uh, mm. The other one, I think, was Mello. Chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Mello would be the other one. He only, quote unquote, has a two out of three falls match at the next PLE. So, uh, and he's going to face uh, Apollo Crews. So I could see those two being rewarded for their time retraining uh Cody Rhodes, or at least getting helping him knock the ring rust off. I can see those two getting a spot uh, as as a, as a thank you and as an opportunity to showcase their their abilities because they're there. Uh, yeah, so Mello, Mello and Gacy, Cardona and Aldis. I agree with that. Um, Nick Aldis would be a pretty interesting hit. Um, every time we have a surprise entrance that is joining the roster, they're kind of just veering in in a way they're not there to win uh, th th mm -hmm. they're there to win but in terms of like the booking and the storytelling they are basically there to just join whatever road to wrestlemania they have and mm -hmm. kind of just find their way onto the roster and what they're supposed to be doing so no one ever really comes in and just wins on the first night that feels mm -hmm. weird to me um the legends yeah they got to do a couple i want to see xbox i think mm -hmm. he deserves that i think he i think he's more than more than okay with with being uh, involved and would love to uh, so that's one. Um, Austin, we've already discussed. Great Muda is interesting only because Muda is done. Now it's KJ Muto. That's the only guy that's that's left on the retirement tour, and he's facing uh, Naito. That's that's his next and quote unquote final match. So um, I think Muda is more primed for a Hall of Fame induction in April, but introducing him as a entrant in the Rumble would be interesting. Can he go over the top rope? What do you think? 
<laughs> I think he could. Uh, you know, it might be uh, where you WWE's good at panning the camera away when it needs to, and maybe you have him slowly being like three guys help him over the top rope. You cut away, and then he's on the floor, right? I mean, we've seen many eliminations in the past where you don't even see. You just hear like, oh yeah, they were eliminated because there's so much happening, right? I think I think that's the capacity for it. And you know, he's retired, but maybe not in North America. You could always spin it that way to have one more time and. Um, you know, get a payday more than anything, I think is what would be the cost for WWE to have him on the video content there for sure. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like AJ Styles is the prime example of what you're describing there. If like merging into traffic, that's, that's the best case scenario, but coming in, being a big star outside the company and then immediately getting into it and having a big WrestleMania match poster rumble debut would be what anyone that is at on Nick Aldis's level, I guess would be the, the optimal booking for him. And then there are people on this list that are, you know, I'm looking at last year's Royal Rumble. There's, you know, the Street Profits. That's two guys. Damien Priest is probably going to be a part of it. Finn Balor is probably going to be a part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Gable Otis. Um, who else is there that I'm seeing here? I think Riddle's return is most likely to be at the Rumble. Uh, Madcap Moss is another guy. Like, again, it, some of these filler spots are going to be there. They're not going to be all surprise entrants because you got you got 13 spots to fill. You yeah. can't just throw them, you know, superstar x at me you gotta you gotta have a few people in there that just kind of make others look good because you gotta have mm-hmm. the iron man of the match you've got to have the the destroyer of the match i don't think dragon lee is going to be introduced in the royal rumble i think it's just going to be dragon lee shows up in nxt and that's where he goes from there it's it's going to be a slow burn with dragon lee because otherwise they're going to bring him out and they're going to be like why don't they just put him and santos escobar together and then people are going to be mm-hmm. like well, what's wrong with you but you know what's wrong with us we're going to talk about it <laughs> We're going to talk about the main events. The Mountain Dew <laughs> Black match. It is Bray Wyatt taking on L.A. Knight. Yeah. You got to do it every time. <laughs> uh, you got to pitch black. You got to pitch black match. Who's going to win the pitch black match? What is the pitch black match? You know who knows? Michael Cole knows. He's like, we don't know what a pitch black match is, but here are the rules. That's what he did this past Friday on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Tell me, Tyler Sage, who's going to win this match between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt? And what the hell is going to happen? And where is it going to be on the card? Yeah, I mean, on the card. Because um, you, 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 this and the women's title match, you would think are the, uh, you know, the, the, the matches in between awesome matches, right? Is, is how this is going to be presented. But, you know, so that keep that in mind. This is probably the match before the men's um, main event. Um, you know, I think in our hearts, it's the true main event. So everything after this is, but yeah, it's pitch black, right? If this is AW rules, this has to go on last. That's right. Um, so, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Can you enlighten me on the rules just to make sure I have all the information correct? Uh, you so win by pinfall or submission. There okay. is no count outs and no disqualification. Other than that, they have no idea what the lore is of the pitch black. Yeah. Match. Okay. So, you know, I am for one the John Cena uh, fiend match from the pandemic WrestleMania is one of my absolute favorite matches of all time uh, because it's so interesting and different. And um, so if there's anything like that, I would be absolutely pleasantly surprised. I've been pretty down on the brace stuff for a long time because it gets about 70% of the way there and then it pivots and you don't get any resolution to anything. So that is not ideal for storytelling in my opinion. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know if you're a video game player, Joel, but it, it's like a Kojima game, right? I love Metal Gear Solid. I'm playing Death Stranding currently. But it'd be like if you, you had Death Stranding and you got like 
70 percent of the story and you didn't get the rest of it right it's like weird babies that see ghosts and doesn't make really any sense but it's got a cool vibe that's the, the like the most that's the best part of the break character so if it's more of that that's awesome if it's you know blow up pool if it's blow up uh kitty pools with pitch black poured into it as well and la knight gets thrown into it a la mimosa match um from 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 aw that's i think just as much on the table as a really cool pre pre-film thing it being literally a match that happens in the dark you know like house of black are, are coming in and you have you hear just thuds on the mat is on the table or I think probably the worst case scenario because there's so much mystery around it is that this is a regular match with no DQs and Bray Wyatt wins in like three minutes because LA Knight is on the roster to be a elevated version of the Miz. And I love LA Knight. Um, you know, I think he is the, was probably him, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, Nick Aldis, like that era of NWA before it was unwatchable in my opinion. Um, he was a shining light and revitalized his career in that moment. And I like that he's getting a singles match one of five matches on Royal Rumble is featuring him. Like, good for that guy. He's really made it. But I think that's how he's going to be used as an elevated role. Like, he can probably win time to time, but he's there to get Wyatt over and get him a win to make his whatever his WrestleMania match is going to be feel more important. And um, so we'll see. I hope it's something unique and interesting. I think any of the three options literally are better than just having a regular match that has, you know, pitch black on the mat, you know, the, the logo for Mountain Dew. But I'm curious what you think, because I really have no... Besides that, like that's the way I would order it. Like pre-taped video match, probably actually the match is, is dark and there's only lanterns and you can only see part of it as like some weird artistic way to have a match. The probably regular match and then the kiddie pools filled with Mountain Dew pitch black would be my worst case scenario, but it would be at least good for the memes. So, and good content for us. So that's kind of how I'd rank it. So I don't think Mountain Dew is going to allow the, the last one. I don't think they want their product <laughs> made to look uh, foolish. Uh, although, although I did, Jeremy and I do a show called Newsworthy on this channel every uh, Saturday morning where we discuss uh, what, is the Mountain, what is the Mountain Dew pitch black match. And uh, our yeah. idea was you put uh, two bottles of two liter pitch black, you tape them onto the hands just like Edward Forty hand, <laughs> and then yeah. the match goes, you got to chug one entire two liter <laughs> And then your opponent kicks you in the gut as hard as you can. And if you don't throw up the entirety of that bottle, well, then your opponent drinks and then you get to do it. And after four rounds, if nothing happens, then uh, well, I guess it's uh, I guess it's a draw. So that's probably not what the uh, what the match is going to be. However, I have been told not I have been told, but Fightful Select was told that the match is just going to have a lot of neon. Uh, mm. That's kind of it's gamer goo, I guess. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a whole bunch of like lights on, lights off. Here comes this character from Bray Wyatt. Lights off, lights on. Here is this character from Bray Wyatt. Lights on, lights off. Here is the fiend. Oh my God, the lights are red. Oh my God, this sucks. And then the lights go down again and we go back to the regular neon lighting is. Uh, I think it's going to be a lore match. I don't expect much out of it. I think it's that thousand calorie donut that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you were talking about something completely different. We were talking about the rumble in Austin, but as as Gbro mentioned in the chat, you know Bray Wyatt is a thousand calorie donut, and that's the that's the booking of Bray Wyatt to me a lot of the time. It's a lot of empty lore calories, but uh, this match has a lot of people talking because it's the most obscene, silly thing you can think of. And I really hope that when Undertaker passed uh, Bray Wyatt uh, the other night on on Raw thirty, I hope he just kind of leaned into him and said. Give me some of that Mountain Dew pitch black. Yeah. <laughs> what he was saying on the way out. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah. He just has like a two liter. He's on the bike and puts his hand up like that. He's got a, a 20 ounce in his hand. That's, that's the image I need at the end. Just Undertaker on the stage. And he's the one that helps Bray overcome his demons of LA Knight, who's not his demon. Um, Uncle um, yeah, Uncle Howdy, maybe. He takes out Uncle Howdy at the uh, on the top of the stage and holds a pitch black. and uh, Or Stone Cold comes out and cracks two two pitch blacks and chugs them with Bray Wyatt in the ring, something like that. So. Yeah, pitch black. That's how we announce pitch black kickstarts. That's uh, yeah. in the cans. And or or the, they have like the seltzer, the Mountain Dew like. Oh, do uh, they? Seltzer says, yeah. So you could have the combo. You could have Broken Skull IPA version of pitch black alcoholic Mountain Dew and you get Steve Austin in that way. So all these ideas are better than what we're going to see. So the question I have for you, Joel, is, you know, I'm thinking the the, the worst version, I think this is going to be right up there of a Bray Wyatt match being the, the bugs on the mat at WrestleMania versus Randy Orton. And then surprise, surprise, the other Randy Orton match at WrestleMania with the, the uh, whatever, the thing in the box, right? Um, and then Alexa sitting on the, the box and bleeding the, the face, the black blood thing. Yep. Like, is this on that level? And if it is, is it like the third worst or the worst? Like, what level of camp are we going for here? Is this like, um, you know, because like to me, Bray Wyatt, and I I love drag shows. I love going to drag shows. I think that are they're always entertaining. But to me, Bray Wyatt is like spooky middle-aged man drag show. It's very interesting. And the fact that he gets to do this on this level for a billion-dollar company is, you know, if he just started lip-syncing hit songs, I honestly think it'd be way better. And like that we're like the neon lights, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, so your thoughts will be on that level of, of bad Bray Wyatt match, or do you think we'll get something a little more interesting at least? I'd like to think we get something a little more interesting only because it's LA Knight. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's Bray Wyatt with some help from other people. Um, and then once that match is over, I think we're all just going to be like, it didn't suck. Yeah. On to the next match. <laughs> That's that'd it. Be a hu- that'd be a huge win. If we say it didn't suck, I think that would honestly be a huge success for this match. And Ellie and I having a mic the whole time and going, yeah, every time someone appears. Perfect. Or like, or no, you know, no. be scared about it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that'd be a huge win and I'm not joking. That's I, fine. I think, be- <laughs> I, I, I think as long as we, we sit back and have fun, I don't know if you guys are doing a watch along. You'll plug your stuff in a minute, but I'll tell you that mm-hmm. here at Fightful Overbooked, we are going to do a Royal Rumble watch along. We'll all be watching live and I hope you'll join us. Uh, they'll probably start around, when does the show start? 8 p.m. Eastern. So we'll probably start just before then. Uh, either way, just follow us over on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Joel Pearl. Uh, Tyler, plug everything you got, please, and thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be doing a live watch along this week, but we do for most WWE shows. So keep posted. But yeah, if you want to check out PW Torch at uh, youtube.com slash PW Torch, myself, Zach Haydorn, the assistant editor of PW Torch, are on there all the time. Um, and uh, you can see my Twitter right here below at Ring of Tyler. So please follow me there and uh, keep up with uh, me everywhere on social media. But yeah, just check out the torch uh, youtube page uh, i appreciate you let me come on here and cross pollinate with you joel here on fightful and uh i will if we don't do it i'll be popped on to to your feed and, and watch along with you guys for a little bit on saturday yeah you'll be welcome to come and join us if you'd like on saturday on screen with cool. us or in the chat whatever you want to do we'll uh we'll, we'll make plans for that let's get out of here ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary enjoy the royal rumble and we'll see you i guess on saturday for the rumble just there's a ton yeah. of content here just go go follow us go get it okay <laughs> see you later bye Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega 
grocery stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 